You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. everybody, welcome back. It's time for episode 196 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Carlos. Corey, don't worry, he'll be here soon. He's going to join us in about uh, that many minutes. <laughs> Whatever that means in Corey's world. That could, that could mean very few. That could mean next week. We don't know, but we think he'll show. Uh, how's it going, Carlos? Yeah, it's going well, man. How are you? I'm good. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving, Carlos, and to Gobble all of gob. our knuckle-headed friends. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good weekend, I suppose. For it. it's been a, it's been really nice. Yeah, it's gorgeous, man. Uh, just a little bit of rain yesterday, but uh, I think uh, temperature-wise, we're actually getting a fall as opposed to last year. Yeah, last year we went directly from summer straight to winter. Oh yeah, <laughs> which was jarring. It was brutal. <laughs> Shorts and flip-flops, boom, toque. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty rough, and um, there's uh, other people around the country who have already been pelted with uh, huge blizzards. So we should count Hi, ourselves lucky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. My I have family that live out in Alberta, in Edmonton, and you know they they sometimes they come visit east. And well, one year they were like, my dad actually told this story at Thanksgiving yesterday that uh, my, my uncle was like, oh, it's, it's beautiful in Alberta. It's God's country. You should come stay out there and my dad's like yeah sure right it can be as beautiful as you want i don't want to see my shovel until the actual winter i don't want to see yeah. my shovel in july thank you <laughs> which, no, it, not, which you know what that's fine by me oh man it, it's pretty bad out there like the, the 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 drastic changes in temperature it's uh it's not good for people with uh you know people who enjoy life <laughs> I mean, it's I guess if, you, if you are somebody who hangs out at Banff, then it's it's yeah. probably amazing. But for everybody else, it's like, all right, well, uh, let's see, we got the shit under the stick again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got like 60 centimeters of snow in Red Deer or something like that. It's like a couple of weeks ago. It's... You know what would have been hilarious? And I don't wish any harm on anybody, honestly, but it would have been really funny just to hear our boys at the nerd room, if they had gotten 60 centimeters on triple force Friday. Oh my God. It would have been crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of hope that happens one year just to hear the crazy story that comes out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hopefully uh, there's no car accidents or anything of that. Well, exactly. Nature. <laughs> no, no, I don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, you just want to hear how this, how 60 centimeters of snow in one day could complicate plastic anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Well, first and foremost, we got to say congrats to our dear friend, Rob Wade from Talk Star Wars and Emotionally 14. Mr. Rob Wade tied the knot this weekend with his lovely bride. And uh, we trust that they had an amazing wedding. Uh, From what we've seen, the pictures, they they seem to be very happy. So looks like they made the right choice thus thus far. Well, they're not going to post the angry (laughs) pictures. Come on. They're not going to post the the blooper reel or the... uh, the uh oh, what have I done? Picture. You know the three pictures that they take before you get the nice one, 
where it's like, can you just stop it? <laughs> Look at the camera. Can't you take anything seriously? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no, no, uh, I think I think it was fine. It was fine. We're all fine here. Thank you. How are you? How are you? <laughs> Again, well, congrats, Rob. We're we're very, we're thrilled for you. The whole Commonwealth, everybody listening, we're all thrilled for you and Jen. Yeah, I love you, man. Uh, dude, thirty days until the Mando. I know. Still wow. TikTok Disney, still waiting to give you our money. <laughs> I actually got uh, an email uh, for the pre-order, but I guess uh, because uh, you know my location's in Canada, but in the states they're taking the they're taking the uh, the pre-orders. Yeah, are, are they doing well in the states? They are, but I yeah, mean... yeah, no. But I got I got an email telling me that the the pre the pre uh, the pre-sale was on, and. It, Gave me like two prices, one monthly, one yearly. And uh, so I click on both. <laughs> and uh, each time I go, it's just the, the countdown clock. Hmm. So yeah, I signed yeah. up for those e- email updates as well. And I did not get that email. I'm livid. Oh, wow. I'm livid right hmm. now. Uh, Disney, what are you doing? Oh, Disney, I have no idea what they're doing. Stop playing games. <laughs> Ga- yes, exactly. <laughs> Stop playing games and damn it, give us this trailer. <laughs> Oh my goodness, seriously, what are they doing? Just like once and for all, like, <laughs> ultimately it comes when it comes, and fine, it's fine. Whether it's this week or next week, it's fine. But these yeah. reports, like, just tell us, like, what is now, the big deal at this point? <laughs> for me, the worst part is, uh, <laughs> just for scheduling, like, can we know? Because <laughs> we want to do it on the show, <laughs> and, you know, uh, not have to wait a week. Well, yeah, uh, and, yeah. <laughs> like, cause, I mean, frankly, the trailer will probably drop on a Monday, barring some sort of change in their strategy. It'll probably drop if it comes tomorrow, the 14th. Uh, it'll be a surprise because as of now, on, you know, 10 o'clock on Sunday, the 13th. Is that the date? Yes. Yeah. So we don't we don't know. There's still no answer for, or reply or notification from any official source. So we're kind of in the dark. So if it comes tomorrow, the 14th, it'll be a, a shock. And so a, a welcome one, <laughs> a, a welcome surprise to be sure. But um, yeah, so we don't know. But if, if they would just tell us, then yeah, we can we can get ourselves set. Because like let's say that we post this episode, then the trailer comes out tomorrow night. We, we can hold the podcast, record our reactions, combine it, and then put it out. Or we can wait a week and... To be honest, after a week of sitting on it, I don't know that I'd even want to do a podcast about the trailer at that point. You know mm. what I mean? At that point, it's like old news, not old news, but all the takes have been said. They're all out there. It's like, yeah, whatever. What what new are we putting into the potosphere at this point? Nothing. Yeah, it's it, the, the the beauty of, of the instant reaction is that that's what people want. They, they want that trailer just dropped oh this is what we see or and then they're like yeah i saw that or i didn't see that or Corey, you're an idiot or whatever <laughs> well i mean that's just it because we can just the way by virtue of the way our schedule works we usually record sundays for the trailer coming monday we can we can afford to push for a night or at least leave you know do a shorter recording sunday and and then insert something else on monday but the, that that would be it. Like we would record almost like a live, candid 
review. Like we we would just blitz through it and go, wow, look at all this new stuff. What is all this? What does all this stuff mean? It would be what nuts. is all this stuff? Oh, oh. look who's here! Boop boop boop. <laughs> oh yeah, Corey, we missed you, man. Yeah, it's Turkey Day, man. Turkey Corey, Day. Sorry, man. We already did the collecting update. It's all over, man. You, you may as well leave. That's okay. I got a Mar- Marty McFly Funko Pop. <laughs> oh, you got it? Nice. Oh, yeah, I'm just baby. kidding. We didn't do the collecting update. Ah, so gullible. Hello, McFly. Anybody home? I figured. Come on. I figured uh, I'll let them get through Carlos's Lego update. <laughs> nah, nah. We're nowhere near there yet. We're, we're talking about this uh, imminent trailer that might be out by the time people listen to this podcast. Who knows? It's not happening. It's not happening. Well, it, of course, the... the there's been so many reports now. People are getting really defensive over that shit. Ah, oh, people are getting like, come on, like we all want it. Of course, we're getting anxious. Like, we're just it's saying. It's the twenty first. Like, no, it's the fourteenth. My choice is better. You suck. <laughs> it's so sad. And then John Boyega's agent, he reported uh, Monday, but he didn't say which Monday. People assumed it was this one, the fourteenth. It's just, it's wild out there. It's absolutely wild, but it's gonna drop when it drops, and. At this point, it looks like maybe the 21st. I'll eat my words if we end up recording again tomorrow night. But yeah, man. Yeah, it's not going to We We, we would have heard something. They're not going to keep it that low-key, I would think. They want people actually watching it. Again, like unless they, stick... unless they break with their tradition and they don't talk about it Sunday, maybe tomorrow on, on the 14th with Good Morning America, like maybe they start dropping all those. You know, They recorded cast interviews like two weeks ago now, maybe three weeks ago, and they've been sitting on them. My, 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 I'm imagining what they're going to do is, uh, I, I would imagine ne- by next Saturday, or su- sorry, next Sunday, the 20th, they'll say, watch Good Morning America, We're, we've got all kinds of cast interviews, oh, and stick yeah. around for Monday Night Football, we've got, uh, we, you know, we've, we've got the, the exclusive global premiere of the trailer. I feel, I feel like Monday the 21st will be a big, big deal. GMA interviews. I'm kind of... The poster. That's what the original reports were saying, too, right? Uh, I haven't seen anything about the GMA interviews. I've I've seen people say that you know I think Black Series Rebels podcast they reported the twenty first, um, a couple weeks ago. MSW or maybe ten days ago. MSW said in a couple of weeks, which would ideally or in that case slot to the twenty first as well. Who's to say? <laughs> and, and but you know you can never. Exclude the possibility that they just surprise us Monday the 14th. We don't know. But at this point, it looks like the 21st. Anyway, just tell us. <laughs> All right, let's get into the collecting update here. Uh, Corey, did you get anything else besides the Marty McFly? Did Corey already step away? Like, seriously? Good. You couldn't just go have no. a cigarette for Sorry. Oh, No, my mic was... Uh... Coming unplugged. I was moving my laptop. Mm-hmm. That, no, just a few mean? collecting uh, collecting boxes. There's some nice, you know, those ones with like cover art on it from like Civil War or like Monsters Unleashed or any kind of story arc that's going on. They're, they're pretty sweet, man. At least that way you can kind of display them too. Sure. Anyway, there's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cool reveals from New York Comic Con that we didn't talk about last week. So let's talk about some of those toy reveals now. And we're not doing my collecting update. Oh, do you have one? Oh, yeah. that's right. You do. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. You do have uh, the, the tie fetish is, is real. <laughs> it really is. 
<laughs> I got the uh, Major Von Reg uh, Tie Fighter uh, from the Resistance line, and it, it's it's. I can't wait to build it. It looks so cool. Um, I also got uh, the Hoth Medical Chamber uh, on clearance at Walmart. I went to Walmart. I'm slumming it, guys. I'm I'm going. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, Join yeah. No, no, no shame in my collecting game. Uh, picked it up for twenty four bucks, and um, and I got the uh, the little twentieth anniversary poly bag snow speeder. So, uh, with the uh, little Death Star uh, things that I have, and uh, some of the hot things that I have, like I'm gonna start, uh, you know, maybe putting together. Uh, a mock once I get a room that's big enough. Uh, oh, put together like your own echo base type thing. Yeah, like uh, so th- they released the um, uh, Escape from Death Star and just recently uh, on Force Friday the Death Star Cannon, uh, and it's all OT uh, stuff. So I I, uh, I built uh, the, both those sets on the on the weekend, and um, I'm like, you know, it would be awesome. Uh, right here would be like a docking bay or the trash compactor and like just have like a a, a death star diorama type of thing happening that's pretty rad yeah so and then uh, you know there's some hot sets that are pretty cool so uh yeah we'll see what's uh what's going on with that but uh fun times good times all good times oh yeah well, yeah, I mean, you've been, it's been a pretty productive couple of weeks for you in terms of Lego. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you could call it productive or destructive. It depends positive, on what aspect positive, you're looking at. Positive. Yeah, we, have, uh, we have yeah. a reputation to maintain here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all still in the box right now? Uh, no, I built, uh, built a couple of sets, but uh, I mean, I might be moving sooner rather than later, so I don't want to start. Um, you know, lugging around built sets. I'd rather lug around the box and then build it in in my new place. But like, um, I also went through all the old boxes and took all the the spare pieces and uh, and the booklets and, and put them all together and then broke down like thirty boxes that oh he had in the closet. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, so I I, uh, I broke down all those boxes, threw them in the recycling bin. So I kept a few. Uh, like Vader's castle, the Porg, uh, you know, and the Luke's X-wing, and I, I, I kept the, the bigger boxes, but the smaller ones, I had to break them down. I couldn't, I, I couldn't keep them anymore. And I have storage bins, you know, the Starlight, uh, those drawers. Yep. Um, I bought a couple of those, so um, all the little pieces from uh, all the extras and uh, sets that have fallen apart, uh, they're all they're all going in in there. So there's, I have room. Yeah, you got to That's the thing. I mean, it happens so quick. How the space can just be eaten up so quickly. Oh man, it's crazy. I couldn't get my. I couldn't get a winter jacket out of the closet. <laughs> hey, you wanna know what's funny? <laughs> I had Corey over yesterday with his with his uh, lovely girlfriend, and they were here. And Corey's like, "Hey, come check us out. Come come see my brother's Star Wars collection." And she's like, "Why? I don't care." Oh. <laughs> and then it turns out that I don't have a big space. I've got. It's maybe seven foot long space of, of, of shelving. And the answer was, yeah, you can't have this much display space. 
<laughs> in the teeth, Corey. Boom! Dude, I, oh, I kind right of to agree the with her too. I mean, there's just there's no room here, man. It is what it is, right? Oh, you can't, God. Uh, you can't put anything. I'm gonna start out. putting this shit. No, you can't put any of that out, Corey. I'm not gonna put. I, I'm not going to. I already. I already pretty much said it like that because I'm not gonna go through ten boxes of stuff to find my choice pieces that I actually want to display. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna go through everything and say like I'm not just gonna put whatever. Oh, you're I'm gonna be like gonna me. You're gonna be like me, where your stuff's gonna be in boxes for like 13 years before it sees the light of day again. Uh, I'd say for at least a couple, a couple years. <laughs> wow. I might, I might bring some things, but I don't know. It's just got to be – it's got to look good. You know what I mean? It can't be a mishmash of like – you got to have like at least some kind of organization or theme or – and of course. maybe maybe in a, a bit of time, I'll be able to set something up like put up the 40th anniversary edition, a few other things, some posters. Yeah, he's going to – Corey's going to work. So he's going to worm his way in there somehow. Ah, what do you mean? I just, I just put up a few. There's, there's, it's true though. There's really not that much space. What's a little Terrence and Philip on a Canadian Thanksgiving? <laughs> uh, I had to leave it at that because it also gets it gets pretty nasty pretty quick. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, actually, you know what? As we did our countdowns before, we did 30 days to Mando, uh, 66 days or so until Rise of Skywalker. Um I st- we, this was the weekend where we did the did the math, the very complicated math, and this is the weekend where we started our great Star Wars rewatch. So we kicked it off this weekend with The Phantom Menace. And it, 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 these are the movies that just keep on giving. For, somebody will come up with an observation and it just makes me laugh. And we're downstairs eating dinner, watching Phantom Menace, and we're at the Boss Nass scene inside the Gungan uh, chamber down in their little underwater city. And... Uh, my son goes, oh, it's that guy's birthday, pointing at Boss Nass. And I, for a second, I, I stopped because just a couple days ago, a few days ago, it was Brian Blessed's birthday. Oh, boy. And I was like, hold on a second. I, for a second, I thought, how does my five-year-old... I thought For a second, I thought he was connecting those dots. And I would have been beside myself. How did he know that? Because I didn't. I never talked about it. Instead, I'm like, what do you mean it's his birthday? What are you talking about? He's like... Well, he's wearing a birthday hat. Yeah. <laughs> and I just lose it. Just like, just, you know, it just comes out of a kid's mouth. Just the things that come out of a kid's mouth sometimes is so hilarious. So now I'll, I'll never forget it. As long as I live, every time I watch Phantom Menace for the rest of my life, I will look at Boss Nass and think it's his birthday because he's wearing his birthday hat. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't joking. You just thought, uh. yeah, like, he's wearing his birthday hat. Oh God, That's kids awesome. are hilarious. Yeah, what I did actually notice a thing. You know, there's always something new to pick out. So at the end ceremony, when there's a parade, uh, Augie's municipal parade, whatever they call it, uh, up on the steps where everybody's gathered, they've got that big peace orb. Uh, you see Padawan Anakin, and behind him you see this young girl, maybe ten years old, in this orangish, orangish dress. And then you cut away to a scene where kids are throwing flowers off a balcony, and the same girl is up in the balcony. <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> and then we cut. Maybe back it's to... just like a fashion trend, man. No, no, it's the same girl. It's absolutely the same girl, same actress. And then you cut back to the staircase, and there she is again. It's like, "What's happening, George?" 
You cheaped well, out on the child labor. No, that or they're going with the. Um, this is uh, a decoy. You know, maybe, the whole yeah. decoy thing. Maybe she was a decoy. Maybe she's just twins. Maybe that girl was force projecting herself down to the stairwell. Uh, I feel like orange is a very popular color on Naboo. It is for the for the the handmaids. It wasn't a very vibrant orange. It's like a burnt orange, almost like a dead leaf orange. It, it's, it doesn't very pop in that like, season. Like, like handmaiden orange. Anyway, so this is the weekend. Next weekend, we go into Attack of the Clones. Uh, my kids are super stoked uh, for the that daddy. Which one is do it? They want to see that <laughs> one again. They love that. Again, with no, without me egging them on, they think that is the best thing in Star Wars. Honest to God, they just think when he says do it, they just laugh and laugh and laugh, and they ask me to rewind it. They just want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wonder if they just really want to see the beheading, because my kids are weird that way. Oh goodness! All right, so. Let's uh, should we, should we look ahead to this these New York Comic Con toys? Let's sure. do it. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, Walmart exclusive Spirit Ghost Force Ghost Yoda. That's gonna look that. This is gonna have to be a must buy. This is gonna fit in nicely with my Force Ghost Obi Wan figure. You guys yep. feeling this one? I know Carlos, you don't do Black Series very much, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure you're down with this one. Yeah, it looks cool, man. It has like a little blue hue. Yep. Nice. Yeah, the Obi Wan was pretty sick, man. That was a nice toy. I mean, again, we've talked about this before. Being so small, kind of sucks to pay full price, but that's yeah, kind of it. It's kind of a must have. <laughs> yeah, I will probably. I'll probably. Yeah, I'll probably stretch for this one as well. Walmart exclusive though, so you know what? Given the the porous <laughs> distribution that makes its way into our area. Uh, I, I, we'll see if I ever get, even get a chance to see this one. Uh, moving on, we've got a first order jet trooper and wedge and Tilly's black series. What you feel? What are you feeling, Corey? I'm not too crazy about the trooper. Don't really care. Um, wedge, bring it on. Uh, it's about time. Honestly, I'd like to get a better look at the face sculpt. I don't know, but uh, yeah, definitely Wedge, man. Wedge? I mean, definitely, yeah, for, I love Wedge. I wonder if this for, is the beginning of the rabbit hole, though. We we get Wedge, then we get Hobby or Jansen, or you know, and they get a double pack for Porgans, <laughs> <laughs> like the Gamorrean guard size pack. Uh, I, I'm on, I'm on the for the exact same reason. I'm but I'm on the opposite scale. I, I like the I like the Stormtrooper just because there is no face sculpt to worry about. Yeah, the troopers like, always look good. Yeah, troopers it's are uncanny cool. though, man. Like I had both of them out in my room the other day, and I'm looking at Ray from The Force Awakens in Black Series good versus boy. what we're, ha- we're getting in. Well, what we have in oh, the Rise of Skywalker. No comparison. It's amazing. I love it. Yep, it's, this is the it's the best Black Series Ray by far. Uh, also, and by the way, this is all coming from StarWarsUnderworld.com, who have a nice. Uh, Nice compilation of images here that they posted to Twitter. So that's where we're getting our images from. Uh, all sticking with the Black Series, Commander Fox from the Clone Wars, and IG-11 from the Mando. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty much a remake of IG-88. I don't know how it's different. Maybe it's colored slightly differently. 
Now he might have. Well, I'm sure he'll have different accents, maybe different paint apps in certain places. I might do this because I, I never really thought about doing IG88, but I might do IG11. I guess it'll depend on what I what I ultimately feel about the character. But if you know, I'm not. I don't plan on doing too many Black Series figures going forward. But if I have Mando, I think it might be cool to have IG11 going with him. Is that, is that Taka? Who's uh, Taika? Who's who's doing yep, him? Yep. He's, or is, he's voicing him. It's confirmed, eh? Yep. Nice. That's gonna be a classic. Yeah, clone. Yeah, the clone Fox trooper looks, too, though. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know, but again, I've 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 got to I've got to be choosy for myself going forward. Uh then into the vintage collection, we've got the Luke from the Yavin ceremony, which is a looks to be another Walmart exclusive. So, boo to that. And by the way, the IG Eleven looks to be a Best Buy exclusive. Which uh, well, your your mileage may vary if you if you like that or not. Uh, then we got a Jawa for the vintage collection, which looks pretty rad. But uh, I don't know. I I've even decided that I'm personally as, as the vintage collection guy here. I'm I'm getting get I'm gonna get more choosy. I've got to slow it down. I've got to just pick the figures that stand out most to me. Jawas are so iconic, Kyle. I've got, I've got, I've got a vintage Jawa. I've got uh, Power of the Force two Jawas. I've got the 40th anniversary Jawa. I mean, this is really just a smaller version of the 40th 40th anniversary figure. I figure I'm covered with Jawas. I'm okay. <laughs> we'll see if I if I see it on blowout, I'll definitely do it. And then we get the uh, Yavin ceremony Princess Leia figure. Which I damn will, yeah sweet. It's a good looking figure. I will I will do that, and of course I will look like crazy to get that uh, Yavin ceremony Luke Skywalker figure with the uh, with the gold yellow jacket. Uh, I I know they've already done a Han Solo from that ceremony, but I wonder if they'll reissue that just so you can complete that little set. And then we get a couple of new Sith troopers, which I think you're squeezing us a little bit here, Hasbro. We've got uh, this, a Sith trooper with. Maybe I don't know if that's the same one that we just got, uh, but then there's another one, which is called the Weapons Pack Edition, which just looks like it comes with a half dozen different sized rifles, which is kind of cool. But it's the same figure, so do I want to pay another twenty bucks to have extra guns to it, extra guns to look at? Mm, I don't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think I will either. I might just yeah. set this one out again. Blowout. Blowout prices, anything goes, but at, at full price, I think I'll, I will pass. And then we have a Cave of Evil Vintage Collection 3-pack, which has Dagobah Luke, a little Yoda, and a Vader figure, but with the face of Luke beneath it. So that's a Target-exclusive Target in the <laughs> U.S., which I imagine will probably be, could be a Walmart, Toys R Us, or EB Games exclusive up here north of the border. That'd be sweet. Like I've been getting into that line, just those three packs with that 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 boxing is so sweet. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. And then finally, we've got these uh, commemorative gold figures from the OT, the PT, and the sequel trilogy. Uh, I'm not feeling these at all, guys. I really they don't look, care about these. Yeah, they look terrible. I mean, yeah, Corey, are you much. into them? Uh, no, not at all. I'm not I've seen these. a few of them actually on on in the wild and really, yeah, I can't remember who it was. Uh, Must have been EB Games. No, was that? I believe it was. Uh, 
Walmart in Cornwall. And you, no temptation? No, it didn't, uh, I don't know, just didn't hit me. Yeah, they're not, I'm not feeling those really at all. And, and watch, we're, we're going to pass, these things will be hot. Because <laughs> that's the way it goes. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> eh. All right, pretty much. that's that's uh, the collecting news for now. Again, it's crazy, guys. There's just reveals after reveals after reveals. It's like, I, you know, I've seen collectors out there going, slow down, Hasbro. Like, we can't keep up. And, and oh, we, but that's that's crap, man, because on the other side of the fence, like, for so long, people were, like, speed it up. Let's see these characters, this character. Well, it's it seems to be feast or famine. Like, you know, we have, for the whole, I mean, maybe last several months, the pegs have been pretty dry. And then, of course, now, now that we have Triple Force Friday, it's just, we're just getting slammed. It's like, maybe, maybe just space this out a little bit. Like, I'm just, I, I'm just like, I'm almost being forced to take a step back. It's just, it's too much. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's talk about the aforementioned Wedge Antilles and whether or not He's going to be back in Rise of Skywalker. But we do know, or at least we suspect, that he's going to have an appearance in the upcoming Resistance Reborn book by Rebecca Roanhorse. And then last weekend we saw a version of the cover from a Spanish-language publisher. That was floated out on social media. Uh, They've since removed the post, which to me is always a bit of a smoking gun. So, And I I bet somebody really got chewed out over that. (laughs) Or maybe worse. Um, but there he is. That, that's definitely Wedge on the cover in a cool-looking trench coat. And then earlier, early last week, RFR reported that Dennis Lawson's agent confirmed to them that Wedge will indeed appear in Rise of Skywalker. So just for the fun of it, guys, uh, Carlos, I'll throw it to you first. Do we do we want Wedge back in this? Uh. We, I think we said the same thing about Lando, like when the, the news of Billy D was was out and about. Like, we're like, do we need him? And I think my answer to all these questions is it depends how they do it. Uh, if it's uh, in, integral or integral or integral uh, to, the, to the plot, then yeah. But if it could just be anybody and you shoehorn it in, then I'm like, eh, I could have done without it. But I, I mean, I'm not going to hate on it if they just throw him in, uh, you know, just because they wanted another old rebel. Like, I'm not going to be angry at it, but I mean, it's not going to ruin the movie for me because I'm an adult. But <laughs> um yeah, I think that uh, there is an opportunity for it to to make it cool. So I hope I hope that's what they do. But if they don't, I'm not I'm not gonna be pissy about it. Corey, are you gonna be pissy about it if they don't do it? Yeah. Uh, at this, I'd, at I'd this like point, to... see, knowing that Wedge is about to re-enter the fold, would you be pissy about it if he didn't show up in Rise of Skywalker? I wouldn't be pissy about it, but I wouldn't say that I'd probably have a little bit of disappointment, nothing to be like vocal about or whatever. But I mean, I'd like to have, I was disappointed when I heard that he wasn't interested in being in a uh, part of the sequel trilogy, you know, and this being the last film, like, I don't, like Carlos said, I don't really want it to pander to fans. And in that sense that, you know, just 
to put it in there just for the sake of putting it in there. Like, I think it from a story perspective, depending on what goes on in this novel, like it, it makes sense that the resistance is seeking out leaders and stuff. And to see him in the film would be great, man. To see him in the cockpit of an X-Wing again would be pretty cool. Like at this point, he's he's much o- older, obviously. And to have maybe a few more speaking lines. <laughs> well, that's just it, right? He's we we lo- I mean, this is what we do with as Star Wars fans. Like we take these bit characters and we blow them up in our minds to be like these pivotal characters. Boba Fett. Well, it's because he survived. That's well, the yeah. only thing. It's like, but he doesn't. Have- Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't do any more good back there. Sorry. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. See, I'm just going to leave you. Yeah, I'm just going to go. Sanford's on his own in 10 minutes. Bye, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, like, should have been the bait, Wedge. And then, you know, we don't see Wedge again in Empire. Like, we see him at the Battle of Hoth, and then he's gone. And then we catch up with, with him again in, in Return of the Jedi. So it's not. Want to hear, want to hear something weird, man? Not I was, really. I, I, I fought about with this with you as a kid because you had read something or whatever it was. But basically, I Googled – I was Googling questions for our Sith Disturbers questionnaire. And one of them was, was something along the lines of there's three different people who have somewhat played the role of Wedge because in A New Hope – Oh, it's a mess. That guy it's a sit- mess in A New Hope. But not only that, there's the two a- different actors playing Wedge in A New Hope, but there's also someone, uh, yeah, a third person who's doing a voiceover. Yeah, there's a voiceover for sure. It's crazy. <laughs> it's it's so weird that it took three guys to get that little role done. <laughs> that was one. I just remember having an argument with Kyle as a, I was pretty young, you know, and Kyle's like, "No, it says this guy. That's the actor, and his name is Wedge in the credits." And I was like, "It's not the same guy." <laughs> 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 It's really bizarre. It's really I, I whatever. Another story I hate another you. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you guys. Like, if they're gonna bring him back, hopefully he's there with a purpose. Hopefully, and my 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 idea for Wedge coming back would be, I guess they'll maybe cover it in the book if he's gonna be in Resistance Reborn. Is that he's he's got like this I don't know like type of this fleet of merchant marines. And they're going to come in to help the resistance. That's the only thing I got because I I don't see him just f- flying an X-wing again. I feel like he'll be at, at the helm of a cruiser of some kind, and he'll he'll be the head of a group of mercenaries or a private army. I don't know, but I I don't see him just flying around in in a stunt fighter. I could see it maybe coming down to that, like pulling out his inner Poe Dameron. You know, like I like what you're saying with the whole. Uh, commanding cruisers and whatnot like possibly leia like really reaching out to him saying hey, like hey these guys like it's, it's a mess like we need someone with your maturity you know at the helm and then you know maybe at the end just be like no way permission to go blow something up you know take know, one like for the team that i that almost feels like too fan servicey like i i, I would, know i think does, i would but... prefer him to just be like on the bridge of a cruiser be like then... the new uh the new uh um, the new Akbar. Akbar, yeah. But that's racist. Just let that hang there for a second. Yeah. Nobody understands why that is, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to see him just 
yeah, be, being in a leadership position, uh, maybe his fleet, maybe maybe that's what we see in uh, the D twenty three footage because there is a ship that emerges from hyperspace and it's a it's a cruiser of some type that we just don't recognize amidst all the X wings and Y wings. There's one ship that just looks so bizarre. I wonder if that maybe is Wedge's flagship. It would be cool to see him fly out and you know he just says, "Hey guys, like." whatever whatever he calls himself you know whatever they call their group and you know leia or lando whoever is leading that that battle the resistance fleet just says hey nice to have you with us captain antilles or admiral antilles or whatever they call him that would be cool do you, do you see him volunteering for this thing or do you see him being like the reluctant guy like i can't get involved i've done my time <laughs> I, no i think he's gonna I think he'll get involved. I mean, I guess, you know, if, if he's going to no, be... Like, book, eventually, like, does he need that extra push from someone? Or is he, like, voluntarily like, I'm here to fight, you know? I think I think in the mo- in terms of just watching the movie, yeah, I'm here to fight. But I think if you include the book, I think it's sort of like, ah, I got my own problems. The I get, If it's... if if I think Rebecca Rowanhurst probably did her research and will probably pick up on... Wedge's story, the way it ends in Aftermath. And I I don't know, I can't remember exactly how it ends, but I don't remember it being like the happiest of endings for Wedge in, in at, at the end of Aftermath. So I wonder if at some point he just became disenchanted with it all and was just like, all right, I'm, uh, it was, it's been great, but I'm out. I'll see you around. And we don't see him again until, you know, 30 years later in, at this, at this big battle. And my that's my head Kenny right now. And you know, he's he's like, nah, it's been thirty years. I I don't I don't need to fight this this fight again. But then he, of course, come rise of Skywalker, he he will answer that bell. That's just my head cannon for now. But yeah, but it was uh, it was nice to see Dennis Lawson's face. Yeah, it was all tied book. up with the whole Obi Wan deal. It's like you convince your uh, your uncle to do wedge again, and we'll give you Obi Wan. It's just that simple. Extortion. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. You guys out there, let us know. This is. This, I don't think this story really got enough play, and I guess it's because you know there's no official word, so nobody really wants to talk about it yet. But you guys want to see Wedge? Let us know. All right. Let's jump back into these uh, these fascinating stories from Empire Magazine. We we kind of pulled the plug on it last week, and so that we didn't do a four hour podcast. But let's jump uh-huh. into that there and and finish this off. Uh, so two of the key questions that fuel episode nine. One, who is Ray? And two, what is the Force and how strong is the Force? So from the Empire piece, it says, quote, who is Ray? He, which is Crestario, says, which is a question that people not only wonder about quite literally, but wonder about in the spiritual sense. How can Ray become the spiritual heir to the Jedi? We kept coming back to who is Ray, and how can we give the most satisfying answer to that? Not only factually, because obviously people are interested in whether there's more to be learned of Ray's story, but more importantly, who is she as a character? How will she find the courage, and will, and inner strength and power to carry on what she's inherited? Uh, so breaking that down a little bit, uh, Corey, I'll throw it to you first. How can Ray become the spiritual heir to the Jedi? Uh, let's just say it's not going to be easy. Like, I think the odds are going to be very much against her. Like when we look at the acts of what the Jedi have done in the past from 
the ones that we're actually really familiar with. When you look at like possibly, you know, obviously Luke twice, Yoda going into exile, Obi-Wan going into exile. We haven't seen begin to see his pain and suffering as of yet. Ezra, Kanan, like all these people have very hard choices to make, very difficult choices. So I think it's going to be a really hard thing for her in the long run, you know, like she's going to have to discover something profound, most likely about herself or the force. And once she knows what she has to do, it's not going to be something easy. You know what I mean? Never is. (laughs) It never is. Carlos, can you, you want to pick up on any of that or throw your own, uh, opinions in there? I just, uh, I, I think it's just, <laughs> everybody wants to know. Uh, it's, it's, it's storytelling. Like if you're telling an incomplete story, then we kind of, I think that the Ryan just, you know, passing the book off, uh, was planned from the beginning. So I think they always had a plan as to what we were going to find out um, at this point. So, yeah, I'm expecting to know more about Ray. I think it's necessary. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, when it, I think. But is it more about her personal journey or like from what I'm gathering from this is that they've explored everything on all angles and it's like there's something about her past possibly as well. Like not only that, but with the force, you know, like there's just so many uh, variables to look at her from, you know, and so many things are at play to kind of yeah, just f- try to figure out who she is and what's going on. But I, I think her past, like, like or say possibly even her heritage possibly might come to the fore. Well, they, they, I mean, Daisy Ridley straight up said, yes, we find out who Ray's parents are. So we, we fully expect that answer's coming. Whether or not that actually plays into this, we don't know. It's Papa Palpatine. Oh, boy. You think that's her dad? No way. Can't be. Anyway, so but she's got the text, right? She, she's the one that's... She smuggled the uh, the text out of that tree, and presumably she's reading them? I think we've we've heard that, right? That she's from at uh, Celebration? Well, I think it's a very much alluded to as well. I mean, come on. She's at the end of The Last Jedi. She's got them, which is amazing. One of the I, – I feel like that flew over like maybe 30% of the audience at least. Oh, I think more than that. At, yeah, like first viewing, I think that's that flew over most people's heads at first. But yeah, I, you know, I, think... I was I was looking for it on my. I, I don't. I think I remember saying this on the show that I was, I was kind of looking for it on my second viewing because, um, something didn't sit right with me. I can't say for sure that I I, I knew it was the, it was the text, but the way, I, I was looking for something on my second viewing, and then I, then I I immediately. Uh, put two and two together. I just wasn't sure what I was looking for in that moment. Uh, I remember because... seeing it, but I had to be reminded. Like once someone's like, hey, "Yeah," I'm like, "Oh yeah," because it's like one in the morning by that time, right? When we see it for the first time. I do remember that first viewing, and just like she kind of closes that drawer beneath the medical bed or whatever. And it was I... Finn. Was it Finn that closed it? Yeah, he's looking for blankets. To, to oh get yeah. Bros. yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, the, he closes the drawer, and it just it didn't. I guess I was so wrapped up in what he was doing 
that I just I didn't look at the contents of the drawer. It's you know who knows who knows what Han Solo keeps in there. I don't want to know. And and then I, I think the, the next morning I think I started seeing like uh, screen grabs on Twitter like oh Ray Ray took the books and I was like wait what how did how did I miss that? <laughs> and then of course yeah. I went to see it again the, the Saturday night. I was like oh my god it's right there. Like it was right there and completely over my head. And I, you know, I was mentioning it to whoever had seen the movie, and they're like, "What?" Nobody knew. Yeah, it's like it's less than three seconds. Oh like, yeah, it's a quick yeah. shot. But presumably, and I, I, I'm pretty sure she talked about this at uh, the panel at Star Wars Celebration, where she said, "Yes, Ray has been reading those those texts." So obviously, I think she's absorbing those lessons, which are the original Jedi texts. So. When we talk about how can she become the spiritual heir to the Jedi, I think that's a straight line answer, but it's it's also the it's also a boring answer in terms of storytelling. So yeah, you know, she's getting those things lodged in her brain, uh, and she's she I guess she's going to be also the one to pass those lessons on. And I think that by the end of the movie, we'll be left with the impression that whatever future generation of Jedi come. Ray will be the perfect person to relay those those original Jedi tenets and beliefs to the next next generation. But I, yeah, I think I think Ray is being presented as the person who can hold those those teachings and just not taint them. And, you know, as, as we know, the Jedi became like this horribly flawed order. And I think Ray can Ray is being presented as the person that can that can keep it pretty straight. Not only that, though, I think something to really think about here is maybe the way that she's able to interpret the readings. And not only that, these books were on Acto for God knows how long. I don't necessarily think I don't I don't know in canon if Luke brought them there. Like I think he found them there. Like that's what I say in my head canon. And if that's the case. And they haven't been looked at in ten thousand years, and we find, kind of find out the Jedi how badly they like they had it wrong, the dogma behind it all, you know. Well, it sounds like Yoda's and, had them. Yeah, but maybe he's kind of just had them in the afterlife. You know what I mean? When you get into the afterlife, then you're like, oh, now I get it. Like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel that uh, these books have possibly a different interpretation of what it is to be a Jedi. Maybe not on a big scale, but to put things in a much clearer perspective for Ray. And then when she finds out exactly what she needs to do, it's like, it's again, not going to be an easy choice for her. Well, I think like that, she that, could, she could turn tail and run or join with Kylo, whatever, you know, Well, I think that plays into the next question, which is how will she find the courage and inner strength and power to carry on what she's inherited? So all, all that Jedi knowledge all that responsibility. Responsibility, that's, yeah. yeah. That's that, that's all her thing now. And Luke talks about that to her, presumably in the teaser trailer. That you know, the thousand generations live in her. And I think, like like any hero in Star Wars, like Corey, you alluded to it, but they're going to have to make that choice to do the right thing, even if it's not what they want. Like we see heroes in Star Wars always kind of Han Solo, I guess, being the most recent, maybe in uh, the Force Awakens, making that sacrifice, doing the right thing, even though it's probably pretty uncomfortable for him to do that and again it's like it's like letting go 
Ezra has the whole speech where he lays it out for them, saying, like, there was many choices that I could have made, many roads ahead of me. Like, I chose the one that was most difficult. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, we spoke about, uh, you know, in, in previous podcasts, we've spoken about Rey and Kylo. She may, maybe Ray wants one thing, uh, but knows that the the other path, the other fork in the road, is probably the right path, and she'll have to give up maybe what she wants for for the greater good. Maybe that's maybe that's something that needs to be done in order for the Jedi to to live on. Um, I don't know. I'd I, love I, for her to be like an avatar somehow, like something like that, where like all those thousand generations literally do live in her, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, people are, I've been watching, I think I'm on my fourth go around now of last airbender. In the oh, last, so good. In eh? the last year. Yeah, it's really, really good. But there's a lot of, a lot of parallels between. It's incredible. These characters and the sequel trilogy characters a lot. And Ray could, you know, Ray very well, could be like that type of archetype of, of the avatar. I, I would really, really, really enjoy that kind of storytelling. Like, honestly, like, like you said, the first go around I had at the uh, avatar, I just started noticing all these similarities, similarities between that. And especially a lot of the animated stuff in star Wars, the clone wars and the rebels. Right. So uh, I don't know, just the storylines alike as well. They're very similar with Zuko as Kylo. And I don't know. It's just uh, – it's a beautiful thing. All Star Wars fans would give it a go. Yeah. I mean if, if, you got, if you have time to watch three full seasons, I would yeah, – I highly recommend Avatar. But yeah, I mean I, I think she, you know, she also kind of maybe struggles with her self-worth a little bit because she's been dumped by her parents and she's looking for this belonging. Like maybe she's a little oh, bit sure. insecure. So I think part of her story in in Rise of Skywalker will be to learn that she is enough. Whatever she is, whatever her, she learns about her lineage, or maybe even despite her lineage, that she is good and she is enough. And, and that would be a thread picking up from something that – a breadcrumb that uh, Ryan had led, right? Like when Poe meets her for the first time. And you can kind of sense like – like he says like right away like, I, of course I know you. You know what I mean? And she's all like, it kind of like lifts her up a bit. Yeah. she, You know me? Like, I'm nobody. Why would you know me? But I think she will finally get it that, yes, I am I am good enough, damn it. <laughs> and it's been such a short period of time as well, which a lot of people don't necessarily take into account. You know, granted, we get this time period in between films where we get to take a break. But the storyline is really, we don't know the timeline exactly and but it's a relatively short amount of time. But now we've kind of got confirm, uh, confirmation that there's been a time jump here, right? So Seems she's about a had – that's it. She's had time to read uh, or learn to read maybe. No, she definitely knows how to read. She's super smart. But uh, I don't know. She's had time to do a lot and just come into her own as a person, make friends, uh, socialize a bit, uh, be that – you know, that icon that people look up to and be like, Oh my God, it's Ray. Yeah. And, and you know, whatever, again, whatever she learns about her parents, um, you know, whatever she learns from those Jedi texts, if she learned something terrible about her, her, his, like her family history, uh, if she, if she feels like there's this darkness in her, that's just threatening to, to, 
sink her and as you know she's maybe you know maybe she'll feel she'll understand why luke was going to that island to die maybe she will feel a, a similar way where she's just like enough of this but or I maybe think- she says the same kind of thing maybe we'll see it in this trailer where she kind of repeats luke's whole the jedi need to end something or something like that you know yeah like maybe she and that, and that would be cool that would be i think a, a good Twist. A, good, a good way for the story to go for Ray to go. Oh yeah, because like she was like, what do you like? Luke was not at all what she thought he would be. But what if, if if JJ and Chris Terrio write a scenario in which, oh yeah, I get it now. I know why Luke was on that island looking to sink the Jedi. This is way more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, true. Maybe she finds the thing something out that he didn't tell her, but, and, or and, he didn't know, or maybe it, it makes sense more if he knew because, like you said. But this is where I think, this is where I think a lot of reparations can be made with you know where people don't like what happened with Luke in the Last Jedi. They wanted like the, the wise old Jedi Master, and Corey, you know, for a long time I've said like we're, this that's the Luke we're going to get in ghost in ghost form. The guy who's going to have a much warmer approach to Rey, and the guy who's actually going to coach her this time. I or, hope so. Or, or at like least I tell hope her he has what a... she needs to hear. I, feel I like, hope he has a significant role in, in this film. Like, I hope it's not like a Kenobi role. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's going to be short. I do think Luke will have a pretty short role. And I think that's, I mean, honestly, I think that's fair. Yeah, short, but maybe, I don't know. Well, I'd I, think like to see be, him... I think his role will be absolutely pivotal to Ray. I think he's going to, you know, if those lines from those trailers about the thousand generations, if that is part of the movie, you know, I think... That speech, that it's maybe like a bit of a pep talk to Ray to say no. And going back to what I said about you're good enough. Like it doesn't matter what you just learned. It doesn't matter anything that any of these self self doubts you have. You can take that leap of faith in yourself that you are exactly the hero that you thought you could be. So just just go out there and do it. Aren't those lines spoken in The Last Jedi? No. No, a thousand generations living in you. This is your fight. We've passed on all we all we know. You know that this is that's it's either new for the trailer or it's in the movie, or will be cut from the movie. Who know who knows? But no, those those are new. That's new dialogue, I believe. Yeah, and and it's uh, if you think like Luke uh, might not be um, not grumpy because he even. As a uh, as a young kid, he's always had a little bit of that temper. Uh, so he might be the same as a Force Ghost, but um, I, I definitely uh, I definitely see him being a, more open than what he what he showed in the the Last Jedi. A hundred percent. And oh. uh, not and I I expect probably two scenes and probably him appearing to Kylo at some point. Uh, that would be as, cool. Seeing as how he said, I'll see you around, kid. Not only was it uh, just so that he feels crappy about his killing his own father, but an actual, a literal, I will see you around. Do you think he's going to show up to Kylo to troll him or to coax him, try and coax him back? Yeah, so being as Force Ghost, you can't, you can't be a mean yeah. all that stuff like you can't no he's not gonna, I, don't, I don't think he, no i don't think he's gonna troll him per se he just might speak the truth 
Or, it could, I mean, he, I guess it depends he, on perspective, right? Maybe Kylo will see it as a troll. Yeah, no, I like definitely. what Carlos said there. Like, sometimes the truth hurts and, like, Luke can just lay it on the line. Like, this is the these are the facts. Like, this is the way it went down. This is what it is. Like, maybe he's calling out to Vader, you know? And uh, Luke is like, yeah, Vader's gone. Yeah, you, You've never spoken to Vader. You know, like... They've got to explain that, Carlos. I mean goodness sakes like the biggest lingering question of all of this is why didn't anakin you know bring kylo back from from the brink they've that that is sticking out like a sore thumb to me maybe like it's got maybe it's got something to do with palpatine maybe because in the i think a book that just came out he's got kyle he's got anakin's uh Force goes in a jar or something, you know what I mean? Well, we've we've learned that Luke and Anakin, which which was kind of surprising to me, but we've learned that Luke and Anakin have sort have communicated with each other in those in between years between episode six and seven. So what happened? Why didn't Anakin at some point appear to his grandson? Maybe he did, and we just we don't know yet. But it's it seems like at some maybe there point, was a. It feels like there was a manipulation of the force or something, you know, like maybe Snoke uh, again or Palpatine had something to do with a block or somebody did because even if Snoke was connecting uh, Kylo and Ray uh, at the end of the movie, there's another connection between them and who's forging that connection if they're not doing it to themselves. That's it. I think that's more wordplay on Snoke trying to just belittle and subdue and subjugate Kylo and being like, look. I'm the man with all the power, not you two. Like, I got all the cards. Like, I'm the mastermind, you know what I mean? But in reality, he's seeing what's going on between these two great powers of light and dark rising, right? And, like, he's going to be definitely not as powerful in the long run. Like, they're not – he's not – I don't want to use this term, but he's not, like, the chosen ones. No, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's it about anything else about Ray before I, guess, I feel like we we kind of diverged off into Luke into Kylo. Uh, anything anything more on Ray? Just that she's got a long hard trial ahead of her. I th- yeah. I think I think she I think she's put through the ringer. I think, um, yeah. This movie is going to beat her up. Not maybe. Yeah. She's got a lot of responsibility. I think more no, figuratively I, 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 than literally, but I think she's going to get she's going to yeah. go right through the cheese grater in this episode in this movie she's going to be tested like i i, I imagine uh when, when i said it the, th- the thing i imagined was uh spider-man in far from home uh when he's uh in mysterio's bubble uh and he's trying to use a spidey sense like nothing makes sense to him until he actually starts listening to a spidey sense so i could see ray in a let's say in a force cave or in something of that nature where She's being attacked on all sides and she needs to like calm herself down like at the end of The Force Awakens and just regain... goes into like a crazy state. Uh, no, regain composure, regain composure. Like uh Well, it's but... funny that the uh, that the the first trailer that we saw is exactly that, right? Where it's her it starts with her rapid breathing and she slowly brings her her breathing down. Yeah. So there there's something to that for sure. Poise matters. <laughs> but like cows. literally she's she's got the literal weight of the entire galaxy is probably riding on her shoulders you know what i mean 
No, yeah, Corey, I, don't, her, I don't know what you mean. Explain. <laughs> it all comes down to her, man. If she doesn't succeed, it's all going to crap. Oh, okay, okay. I get it now. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> it's going to be a black hole that swallows everything up. Oh, thank God. Let's please let it end that way. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's your dream ending, eh? That's my dream ending. Everybody like... dies. The whole Everything collapses have... to a singularity, and JJ goes, Star Trek 2. Oh <laughs> no! It's no, R two and three PO one, wasn't it? His that was his. The singularity of Vulcan was the first one, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, there we go. Back to singularity. And then Eric yeah. Bana comes out and says, <laughs> "I can't even say it." <laughs> or no, no, or it, everything goes to black, and then all of a sudden you hear like panting. Like somebody who just woke up from a dream. And then you hear the wind chimes. And then there's a storm coming, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a dream. And now Anakin oh, knows no. all the future. It's the whole thing the whole thing ends and Jira pushes her way out of her little vegetable cart and it goes <laughs> And everything's rebooted. Oh yeah, it'd be like It'd be like, uh, what you call it, The Wizard of Oz. When you wake up, you see all the same characters like surrounding them. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a crazy dream. R2's like this little dog. Oh, that would be cheesy. But imagine, imagine. Yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> no, but imagine like Anakin wakes up from a dream like that. And then now all of a sudden, everything that's happened is like legends. That's, and the, they da- that's the Dallas ending. That's the Dallas ending. It is. Mm-hmm. I'll kill someone in the theater if that happens. What? Oh, I'm looking at Corey, you, Carlos. Corey, in in this delicate time and this era, I stab you right in the throat. Do you Bam. know, do you know <laughs> that if you actually go ahead and do that, this podcast is going to serve as evidence, and you will you're now going down for premeditated murder. Cool. It's Canada. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's Just still going to be twenty years. Sorry, eh? Yes, <laughs> I told you, not my fault. Now my 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 ending. Now that I've composed myself, poise. <laughs> the singularity. Everything sucks down to a little red drop. Eric Bana comes out as Nero and says, <laughs> "The aristocrats." Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that movie again. Oh my god! I need to watch that. It was movie. actually good. I liked it. I know people the crap all over. No, the Banna, uh, <laughs> JJ Star Trek <laughs> reboot. Ah, the reboot's fun. I mean, it's, I know it's not as cerebral and and you know, uh, dialogue driven as as oh Star yeah, Trek, as, but as Shatner and Nimoy. <laughs> that was that was like high concept stuff from Gene Roddenberry. It got. Oh, but yeah, that's I mean that's what Star Trek is. It's more sci-fi with these highfalutin philosophical things. And uh, oh, JJ just sort of said, "No, this we're just gonna do an action movie. How about that?" And it worked. All right, so let's delve into this second question here. I'm almost afraid to because Corey might just talk for an hour. But uh, how powerful is the Force? And uh, this this is from the Empire piece again. Uh, so the second one is, how strong is the Force? It sounds a little simple, but actually when you get down to it, 
that is a sort of Zen cone that we would really meditate on. Not literally in yoga poses or anything, but like we would discuss, what is the force and how strong is the force? Those two things were really important. And also, uh, I jumped into the, I think Phil Shostak, who wrote The Art of TFA, uh, he he posted this on Twitter, and I was going into this anyway. Um, but he did talk about this in uh, The Art of T- The Force Awakens. And so he did, i got to find the page here. Where is it? I lost it. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. I got it. No, I'm going to find it. Uh, on January 9th, Corey, look at that. January 9th, 2013. Nice. Rick Carter, who was, I think, the production designer, called the first meeting of his concept art department working in tandem. Blah, blah, blah. No, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. All right, forget <laughs> it. I lost it. Anyway. All that to say, these are questions that they were talking about <clears throat> when they were when they were first doing a Force Awakens. So these questions are still on their minds. Um, so Corey, <laughs> how strong, how powerful is the Force? In my opinion, it's awesome. It's really, I don't know, unmeasurable. Like it defies all laws of physics and space and time. Literally, like we've had a little more uh information on it through luckily the animated stuff like the clone wars and rebels when we look at things like these old ancient temples both jedi and sith alike and what they're capable of doing it's absolutely astounding man and then you look at these arcs uh about mortis or the world between worlds like it's absolutely astounding and it's all again very ancient jedi stuff from what we gather what we're able to piece together you know like it's, it's something that's been long forgotten so when you look at it like from that it's everything and anything it's totally unmeasurable it's it's amazing like and i hope what really is uh promising about this whole thing is that we just talked about with ray and where she's going where the character's going uh, her responsibility and these choices she's gonna have to make and then it leads right into this man like it's all gonna come to a head hopefully like i don't want to get my expectations too high but it really seems this film is gonna be force heavy and i'm all about it man like i am getting really excited when i start thinking about this the the books these ancient books and whatever's going on with uh, palpatine and all this stuff like it's all coming to a head and there's gonna be a reason that i think we're gonna get an answer to you know like why is this happening and what's happening like I don't know, I'm j- I'm just super excited about this, but I love the ancient stuff when it comes to the Force, and I just think there's so much to be learned there, and we've we've had just spoonfuls, and from what I've seen, it's it's just not even comprehensible. Well, that doesn't make you nervous at all that uh, it's not George Lucas that's following through on this. Like, does it make you a little bit scared that you know again this is, this is all George's idea? And now, at sort of like at like the the end of the day, it's maybe not his ideas that are kind of going to come through. Yeah, that kind of sucks a bit. You know, like I've always said, like I'd like to see, even if it's about midichlorians, I'd like to see what Luke or uh, Lucas had to say. But I I know Lucas kind of was on set of the Mando, but I I believe we've talked about Lucas talking with JJ about Episode Nine. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and so, that's where I was going. Like, I'm I'm absolutely convinced that when they talked about what is the force and how strong it was, I think this was probably the biggest thing on the the agenda that day when when they sat with Lucas to discuss Rise of Skywalker when JJ took over. You know, again, they, I'm sure they had their own ideas going back to those early TFA discussions, but I'm a hundred percent sure. Well, and if, again, we've heard about TFA and that Lucas didn't like it. We kind of heard that he liked uh, The Last Jedi. So it seems like they've picked and choose elements from his grander narrative, right? And kind of cobbled it into what they think would be a little more exciting for fans. So I'm really hoping that is the case and that this film possibly brings a lot more of his ideas to the fore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that maybe it kind of made amends a little bit with him saying hey hey like we're still kind of using your story here like kind of help us out a bit more with what all these big aspects of the film can be you know sure uh carlos how how powerful is the force uh the force is all encompassing uh it's everywhere so i i i don't think the question should be how powerful is the force it's how much can we see of its power. Yeah, that's it. Because, like, think about it. Like, we just said, like, with the animated stuff, do you think we'll get something that big on screen? Because that's what I want, man. I want something that's just, like, <gasps> magical. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. You know, like, because we've seen some pretty deep aspects here. Like, I don't know if they can necessarily do that on film right now, you know? Like, uh, do something so odd and out there, you know? Yeah, like, I, I think at this point, we're almost talking about the force itself as a character because usually like the force just manifests manifests its will through different people and i guess it's going to do the same through ray and kylo and palpatine presumably but i i don't i never i don't get the sense that when they ask how powerful is the force i I don't think they're talking about like peak force powers for for an individual like i almost get the, the feeling that they're they're talking about more like uh, you know, almost like the belief in, in, in faith or the, like a belief in a higher power kind of thing. That was sort of the impression I got. I, I didn't, I don't, I don't know that they were talking about who can do the coolest thing with the force. I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't know about the coolest thing. Like, I just want to see, like, again, we've talked about this before. The cover of the uh, the art of the Rise of Skywalker, I believe it's going to be where we see the continuation of Rey and Kylo's link, this force link that they have, being able to play out on separate worlds, man. Like, that's crazy. Well, and, it like, is. I want a little more explanation to that. Not like, even if it just has to pertain to them or whatever it is. Well, it's it goes back to, I think, one of those things where uh, last week we talked about you know, where they said, uh, you know, Ryan had set up that the, their relationship in some really fascinating ways. I think that, you know, this is an extrapolation of that. When, you know, when we see that uh, when Ray and Kylo are talking and, and Ray's on Acto and it's raining uh, and then Kylo's glove is wet and it's like, well, how does that happen? I love that, man. I thought that was so cool in the theater. Like he touches his face. You're like, oh, my God. Like it's almost like he was there with with her. But. And and now you know if it's it, they seem to be fighting with each other from a, a you know different places. So I mean it's really it's getting it's getting really wild. 
but one thing that kind of scares me about this whole this discussion is that uh, it's like the force is as powerful as the story writers need it to be. And it, it, it worries me that it, it can enable uh, air quotes, lazy writing, you know, in, in the same way, very much that like, uh, you know, like the, I'm so worried about the world between worlds, like and how that can be a super disastrous thing in the hands of the wrong person who might time travel and retcon stuff and, and just open up a whole Pandora's box. I, I feel like the, how powerful is the force is is another one of those weird things where it's like, well, we need to, we need this to happen. So uh, the force will do it. We'll, we'll just write it so that the force does it really, really bizarre. But uh, I don't know. It's, it, the for I guess one thing we can say is the force, as an entity, is is always seeking to balance itself, and it you know it acts through people to achieve that balance. And you know whether it's it's Anakin in, in episodes three and six, or again Kylo and Rey in, in Rise of Skywalker, it, it's it's gonna search for ways to influence people so that that its will is is carried out. And I th- I guess. It, I, Carlos, do, do you agree that it's pro- this is it? I mean, this is the end of the line. So the force is going to have its uh, final wishes sort of fulfilled through Rey and Kylo in this in this moment. I don't uh, I think the force was around before all these characters, and it's going to be around after them. So I don't know if the, if the will of the force will be. Um. I think Star Wars exists, our our characters exist despite the Force. And the Force is just the the backdrop of the galaxy that they're in. So will balance be restored? Maybe for these characters. But who knows what's happening on the other side of the galaxy? Um, I think yeah, that's I think of good question. Yeah, like I, I just think if it's balanced here, is it balanced over there? Like if we if we solve global warming in North America, does that help people in Asia? Well, no, because global <laughs> warming is the globe. I think you. Okay, yeah, you stepped on a rake there. If if we solve <laughs> if we solve if we solve our issues, how far does that go to solve other people's issues? The same kind of thing. Yeah. Like if you if I balance the force here, is it balanced over there? Yeah. No. 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 For sure. I I think there's it's always, there's always a tug and. Um. Yeah, a tug of war uh, between uh, the, the the kinetic energy of the universe. There's always something affecting something else. So you know, if, I, I uh, think in, in the simplest ways, like I think at its core, Star Wars tries to be simple. So I think if the Force is balanced, it's balanced, and I think that w- that would be the way it presents itself. But of course. Uh, Star Wars being Star Wars, there's stories to tell, there's money to make, so <laughs> it will fall out of balance again at some point. Unless yeah, unless exactly. every other story we ever hear about Star Wars is set in the past. And then this yeah. episode 9 could just... This is the end point of the Star Wars galaxy. We never step a foot further from it. Um, and everything else is set way deep in the past. But I, I feel like whatever... The Force is unbalanced here, it's unbalanced there, and once it's fixed it's fixed for everybody that's kind of the way i look at it i i really don't know again i, I it's, it scares me yeah it's the whole question of the force like i said it's 
it's as powerful as the, as the writers need it to be. Yeah, yeah, man, and it's gonna be powerful in this film. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm. Well, I, I have I a feeling. That's, I don't think that's really going out on a limb. I think the force is gonna. It's it's gonna be on full full throated display here. My instincts serve me well. I just hope it's not done in such a way. It's like, wow, that's a leap. Like we took a we took a leap with the Last Jedi, and and again, how those two worlds seem to collide. But I I wonder when it feels like we've gone too far with force powers. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's necessarily possible, man. Like when you look at uh, them being, I don't know, like Broom Boy kind of threw a beautiful variable into the mix, knowing that the force is still out there. But you're almost of the impression that these guys are like chosen by the light and the dark to have this final conflict almost. You know what I mean? If, if it comes to these two at the final conflict. True, true, but uh, I don't know, like, there'll have to be some kind of resolution made prior to Kylo changing his mind or whatever it is. If he changes his mind. I just want to say, like, oh, man, there, there was a lot of Raylo stuff going on this week on on Twitter, eh? Woo. Got crazy out there, super, man. I mean, there always is, isn't there? This week was extraordinary. Like, I'm not necessarily on social media all that much either. I find it kind of like stresses me out a bit, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like uh, when I did get on there, I was like, "Oh, oh boy, oh dear." No, last week was sort of an off week for me. Actually, the last I can say the last month or so, I've been quieter than usual on social media. Uh, anyway, I mean, just I mean, I guess to wrap up on this, like go- going back to the question that we spoke about a few minutes ago uh, of how Ray will. Uh, carry on to be the spiritual heir of the Jedi. Again, I think she knows, she already knows what she needs to know from those texts. And, you know, Luke clarified a lot in The Last Jedi when he, when he said that, the, the, you know, uh, if the Jedi die, then the light dies is folly. Right? And, and when you couple that with what Kenobi says in A New Hope about the Jedi being the guardians of peace and justice, it kind of seems... It, clear to me that the the jedi they're just supposed to guard the balance rather than enforce it and i feel like in the prequels they'd become this literal almost like an armed force like if there's a problem border disputes trade disputes whatever jedi were sent to resolve it and you know uh aggressively if if they had to and and, uh, master and apprentice did a, a a great job of underscoring that that the the jedi were doing all these things on on behalf of the Republic, which was already half in the bag, you know. So I, I think bringing it all back around to Ray, uh, you know, she, she, at the end, Ray's going to be uh, kind of alone at the end, and she'll and she'll have learned that uh, she's not not necessarily the guardian of the light, but she's the guardian of the balance. And I think that's going to be her distinction. She, I like that. So for her, uh, you know, she'll take that lesson from Luke that I'm. The Jedi aren't necessarily the light. The Jedi should be the balance. Ooh, deep cut, bro. Are you speaking my language? I thought so. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> Me likey. So, I, I, yeah, I think that's that's Ray's ultimate realization. That you know, and the lesson for viewers, you know, we all have the light and dark inside of us, and we just we have to learn how to uh, 
handle both those that duality that we all have inside of us and blah 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 like that gray area man <laughs> there are no gray jedi cory i know it's not a thing you right. say it in other words what you just said was gray <laughs> just other words man guardian of the balance I, I don't think that's gray i think that's just letting it wash it's over the, you man the the <laughs> balance of the balance of white and black is gray All right, so um, all right, we got uh, we got one more thing here before we wrap up for the week. It's a question from one of our best buds out there. This is a question from the mighty Stu Baca. So we'll sp- oh, Stu, we love you, man. So Stu's question this time around. I've had a question going around my head for a few months now, and I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts. Let's assume Lucasfilm keep to their word, and the Rise of Skywalker is the end of the Skywalker saga. So future films have no connection at all to the Skywalker-verse, a complete new beginning. Also, as with the two standalone films, no main Star Wars theme. I can only hope that the films will lean heavy on using the Force. So my question is, at what point does Star Wars stop feeling like Star Wars? As always, thanks for everything from Stu. And this this is a big question. This is a big, heavy question. It's, It's consumed... Like a big chunk of my thoughts as well in the past few months, and my my go to question for for like people on social, <clears throat> and if, if I ever send a question to a podcast, uh, my question is always, uh, should future Star Wars trilogies use the main theme and open and crawl? Should they stick to that format? And and most of the time today, that I think the topic kind of gets shrugged off and brushed under the rug because we've we've got bigger fish to fry right now. But I think. And a year from now, we're going to be arguing about this like crazy. And I think we've we've spoken. To, I think we're a little ahead of the curve here on this one, guys, because um, we've spoken about this before a little bit. But let's let's get into Stu's question. Uh, at what point does Star Wars stop feeling like Star Wars? And maybe it takes some unpacking. But Carlos, I'll let you get us started here. Uh I have a I have a succinct answer and I have a, a long convoluted one. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's see if we're, uh, or, let's see. I, in my, I called mine the passive answer, mm. and then the, the the more involved. Let's actually kick this around for a while. I wonder if ours are exactly the same. Uh, okay, so I'll take a I'll take a stab at it. Um, Star Wars is going to stop feeling like Star Wars when I no longer want it to feel like Star Wars. I do. I have the variant cover of that. <laughs> it's like Star Wars stops feeling like Star Wars when it stops feeling like Star Wars to you. Yeah. Whenever you're when it when you're watching a movie, you go, "This no longer resonates with me." Yeah. That's when Star Wars stops feeling like Star Wars. But what what does that right? That I think that's what he's 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 getting at because now you can't talk Skywalker, so he he wants it to be. Um, heavy on the force because for him the force is what Star Wars is about which I mean he's not wrong it's yeah, uh, as it's... I said I said before it's 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 the um, the backdrop of that of that whole galaxy uh, it binds the galaxy together and it binds the franchise together yeah absolutely absolutely so I, I would have to agree with uh, with Stu on that but th- I think that that's a prerequisite for any any trilogy going forward. Yes. I, 
I, I don't, um, I mean, we, we got solo with little, I mean, no force stuff except for Maul calling his lightsaber to him at the end of the, at the end of the movie. Uh, and it still felt like Star Wars because the characters were familiar. Exactly. It's because it's, a, it's a, mostly a familiar, uh, several familiar characters and somewhat familiar surroundings. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I would agree with uh, with Stu that the, the force needs to be uh, needs to be heavy uh, for any new projects with characters that we'll need to discover. Um, but the Mandalorian is, yes, okay, it's in an era that we know, but we don't know any of these characters, and is it going to feel any less Star Wars than than Rogue One? Maybe it will, maybe it won't, I don't know. Uh, but I think that because it is in the setting of this galaxy that the, the we know the Force exists, it will always feel like Star Wars to me. Yeah. I, don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if that makes much sense, but yeah, no, it it, it does make sense, and I mean, I think we got a rabbit hole in front of us here. But Corey, oh, what, yeah. what do you think? Well, first and foremost, I just want to say, like, we're going to be getting inundated with Star Wars, but at the same time, it's going to be doled out, especially in theater. From what I gather, at least for the next ten years, we'll say, and I, you know, I think that's going to continue to be the the mission, the plan. For them, anyway, I don't know if two films a year is a good idea. So TV adds a whole new variable as well where they can get to play in a whole bunch of different alternative genres, right? Uh, I like what you guys said, but whenever it doesn't feel right for you. But I kind of thought about it more in the sense of, okay, like Star Wars kind of encompasses uh, – it takes elements from all films, you know, drama, comedy, everything, right? But then if you want to get a little more specific, like – I don't know, like a yeah, drama would work. Something like the force has to be elements, but I feel like what Carlos said, like the force should be solely involved in sagas. And with sagas, sagas need to crawl. Standalones don't. <laughs> I think that that's almost already been established in a way, and I, I'd like to see that moving forward. But uh, even like a coming of age film, maybe like an action adventure, like an Indiana Jones type film, like a Doctor Afra story. You can even possibly play in a horror or scary genre. Uh, science we have uh first possible space travel or even like a back to the future type deal an action story a military story like when you look at what lucas it's not lucas's company or anything anymore but when you look at what he did again i'm leading heavily on animated stuff this evening but you know the clone wars kind of dabbled in a whole bunch of different cool things that lucas liked you know they, they were cool to him they were like uh, these flash gordon things or like these weird horror movies from the 50s right like he just played with things that he liked and there's always room for more but what there's not room for is a romantic comedy <laughs> like i don't want a star wars rom-com ever other than that i think the the light's green man they they can really make anything feel like star wars if they had the right talent with them which they seem to have been doing in spades so yeah, man, they could pretty much pull anything off if they really wanted to. But like some things, you, you just can't fit some things into that box. And I think a romantic comedy would be one of those things. If anything, like make another Spaceballs. 
with the permission well, I mean, of Lucasfilm. Like, I, I think like anything that is straight up comedy, like if they if they want to do a sitcom, whether it's romantic or not, like <laughs> that doesn't quite work. I think it would work, man. Maybe like a a Wookiee, like a TV show. That's where you can put it on, you know, like get like a, a guy and a Wookiee living together as roommates. That can get crazy. That can get hairy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it could. Does it feel like Star Wars? I mean, it could. This, this, this thing doesn't exist, but I mean, even, even we know like uh, Lord and Miller making their own their own solo movie. From what we've heard, they were got a they were, goofy. They got they pulled they were pulled because what they were doing ostensibly didn't feel like Star Wars. You know, they're out doing their own thing and. And they were able to follow on a guy who came in and knew exactly what Star Wars was. Yep. You brought in the professional, you brought in a closer like Ron Howard, and, you know, the rest is history. So I feel like the powers that be right now, they they do have a set, set of parameters of what makes Star Wars Star Wars. And I don't know that they would color too much out of those lines. It seems like they do have a little bit of a playbook to go by as to what a Star Wars movie is. You know, and I... I, I agree, but, like, you can transfer those elements into different storylines, you know what I mean? Like, picture, like, oh, this is such a hot thing right now, man. Like, I've seen other uh, companies kind of starting to try and play off the whole Stranger Thing thing, you know what I mean? Like, get, like, a group of kids, like, uh, it's been done before, the Goonies, uh, Stand By Me, like, that could be something to attract kids as well. Like this mini series of star Wars about these kids out there doing something. The battle of Endor. Well, and and I I think a huge part of this is also the the nostalgia bit. You know, like we've, we've got this idea of what star Wars almost tangibly feels like worlds like Tatooine. Like when you look at like a Tatooine landscape with like, a moisture evaporator sticking out of the desert. You go, that's Star Wars. Like, it's instant. You know what that is. You see an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter, you know. But what happens when you step away from that? And I think I think that's one of the things that uh, shocked people about the prequels at the time is that it, it didn't always have that signature Star Wars look. Like, when, you, when we start the movie with... You know, I think we see that... that uh, the ship carrying Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. And it looks vaguely familiar. It's got a very familiar shape to it. But right away we cut to these big round Trade Federation ships that don't really look Star Wars. And then we go to Naboo, which definitely doesn't look Star Wars. And uh, the Queen's costumes, like none of that was easily identifiable as Star Wars at the time. And now, of course, like we, it's all been absorbed into our sort of collective consciousness of what Star Wars is. But like, like, think of the Naboo Starfighter and all the other ships that were so drastically different. You know, the prequels intentionally, by design, like Lucas was trying to make things look different. It's, it's like we talked about this last week about uh, the Bob Iger stuff. That he didn't like TFA because it didn't do anything new. Yeah, from a story perspective too. But like, again, like, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day, like, just got to hit on that a little more. Like, Star Wars was that for him. Like, look what he did in 77. Like, it was such a 
technological jump for all film. And then he did the same thing again in uh, 1999. It was the foundation and platform for all future, like, big uh, computer graphic work. You know what I mean? Like, he really set that stage, like a James Cameron kind of deal, like, in the next 10 years where he did avatar yeah, yeah for sure like, like something all, like that and that's that was the other reason why lucas didn't like tfa because they didn't try anything technologically different and i get that i mean nobody like george that was george's almost like that's his mo as almost as a movie maker is to try different ways of, of making movies uh but i, I here, here's something else from the intro of the art of, of the force awakens uh Phil Shostak wrote, In the process of conjuring The Force Awakens, the filmmakers would also confront fundamental questions about the very nature of Star Wars. Why does Star Wars resonate so strongly across borders and through the ages? What is it that makes Star Wars a perennial pop culture phenomenon? Is Star Wars' appeal purely nostalgia-driven? What does Star Wars have to say to the youth of today, in a time both economically and sociopolitically similar to, but profoundly different from 1977? So these, I mean, these are questions that they're also talking about. We're going to start having these conversations, I think, as fandom, as a fandom in the next months to a year. But they're already on top of this uh, at at Lucasfilm. And I, I do go into the nostalgia question. Like, I've, I've long suspected that once this movie comes and goes in December... A lot of people are going to check out because whatever comes next will by default not be Star Wars to them because they're too connected to the Skywalker saga. It's too hardwired into their into their being. So I feel like I feel like that's almost like a problem. I feel like it's almost like a, a bit of a problem that they've got in keep it how do you keep the DNA of Star Wars? create a whole new thing but yet keep it familiar it's, it's a if big anything deal. you know what it, you know what it is it's like they, it's one of two options for them one is the one where we don't get to see too much of it because again like there's only a certain amount of time we're gonna live but again tv that might be a bit different but it's got to be either uh hey boom here's this star wars thing it's totally different and take it or leave it don't like it like it whatever it is what it is and they get a feel for the market or it's an intentional slow burn where it's a slow transition and they kind of introduce this film that's maybe just a touch different and then the next one even more so you know what i mean and so on and so on till it blurs the lines yeah i mean that could be a way to do it i suppose it's one of two options, really. It's either the slow burn or the bam, here it is. I don't think it'll be that. Like, I mean, they've always gone to such lengths to say we're trying to honor the spirit of what George Lucas is doing. And unless they that only applies to what they're doing now, and once they break out of the Skywalker saga, it's just, okay, guys, now it's a new era, and we have to look at new ways of of approaching Star Wars and it's gonna it'll have a different look and feel it's it's we're we're kind of we're gonna try and break out of the dna of what star wars is <laughs> that that kind of that frightens me it's exciting yeah, but it, but it could also be pretty cool me. yeah it's a, yeah i agree i mean ultimately if if as long as they keep 
throwing the you know they throw the Star Wars logo on it, and they say, well, this is it's this is just another Star Wars story set long ago or far into the future. Uh, rest assured, this is Star Wars. It's canon. Um, again, it goes right back to the the passive answer is when it stops resonating for me. That's when it stops being Star Wars. It's it's going to be a completely uh, subjective answer for everybody. How heartbroken will you be by that? Will you feel betrayed? I, I guess a, I don't know. You're an adult. Why would you feel betrayed? It, no, it's, uh, it's hard to say. I'd feel it, it's betrayed. a tough question because it's like you you want to love everything that's Star Wars, even if you don't. And I don't know if there's something you don't love. It's like, oh, just maybe it will take you out for the next one. Not take you out, but lessen your excitement well, for the we've, next we've project. We've seen how people behave, the behavior of people out there who feel be- behave, uh, betrayed by Star Wars. Right? We, we've seen what they've done over the last couple of years. Uh, so, no, I would certainly not go down that road ever. You, you just have to be like a, a grown-up about it and say this is – this is not for me anymore. I've outgrown this or this has outgrown me. There are things, <clears throat> sorry, there are things in the original movies, these things that we hold up to, to the sky as a shrine of our childhoods. There are things in those movies that make me want to vomit. So <laughs> I, I think we put too much stock into what you're going to accept coming forward and what you're not going to accept is do you want to be in a world where you have more star Wars? Then I think you'll be happy with the world with more star Wars. Sure. It's a completely, that is the completely reasonable adult way to look at it. You want more star Wars? Here it is. You don't like it. Move on. (laughs) Then then, Then it's not for you. Then. Okay. Bye. That's it. It's fine. It's, it's, it's okay. Uh, and there are people that, like you said earlier, they're gonna check out as soon as this movie's over, and if especially if they didn't get the you know the um, the version of the script that they wrote and sent to Lucasfilm, and and nobody called them back because it sucked. Like there's there's people who will not be happy no matter what the outcome, and for whatever reason, whether it comes from a rational standpoint or an irrational standpoint. They're going to check out, and that's fine. It's okay. We're overpopulated. <laughs> we need the room. <laughs> well, one of the questions I always go to, like, let, let's let's keep this for, for this question particularly, to the to future saga movies. Benny Weiss, uh, Ryan Johnson's, whoever else. Maybe even Feige's movie. Um, the music and the opening crawl. I keep coming back to this because I think it's it's... Almost, it's it's almost core to what Star Wars is. Do you need to have like the Star Wars main theme at the start of a saga movie with an opening crawl? Do you guys feel yeah, like that needs to be there? I do, honestly. I think it's uh, just a part of an integral part of Star Wars. If you're telling long form storytelling, like but get that in be, there. Why can't it be a a, a different intro? It could be. It very well could be, but I mean, I think traditions are nice. 
I think that this is something that's already been established. And I just think it would be, again, they have all the opportunity to do all the projects they want now with the streaming service and possible standalones in between in the future. But when it comes to something of, again, three films at least, and hopefully there'll be more than, there'll be a saga in our future that has more than three films. I just think that's a really nice way of honoring what Star Wars is. Well, what, what if well, what if they take it from the opposite side of the coin and say, no, these nine movies, in terms of the music, is John Williams' thing. That's how we're going to honor John Williams by keeping it, these nine, for him. These movies will be blankety-blanks music. That's That's his Star Wars stuff. That I can kind of understand, but I'd like to see a crawl. Definitely something orchestral as well. They can dabble again in standalones and on TV. Yeah, for sure. But again, like Carlos, are you? Are you? Is it going to be jarring if we get uh, we we step step into the theater in twenty twenty two, and it says uh, does it, what if it doesn't even say a long time ago in a galaxy far far away? Like, does that? I mean, it's something as little and simple as that. Without that, like, because I think every no, that is Star Wars. Every Star Wars film has started that. You need that, that. right? I, I yeah. feel like, and I, I, that's just I, I I fall on that side. You need that. You need the opening crawl, and you you need that title theme. Uh, well, one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all time doesn't have a crawl or a title theme. Uh, but it did have a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, they, yeah. All, they all have that. Yeah. So, so, but, but is that going to change how I perceive the movie? It better. <laughs> no, but again, like Rogue, Rogue One, I, I presume we're talking about Rogue One. Yep. Uh, we know exactly where that slots in. It's a super familiar movie. But, you know, we back up, let's back up 5,000 years in the Star Wars timeline. And we don't know. This is a question that Lucasfilm won't answer for fandom. Are we getting new title themes? Are we getting an opening crawl? They just say, ah, you're going to have to wait till opening night. And it's all new. We get like a, we get a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but the music is different. The Star Wars logo is different. And Imagine of a, you, you get all the, you get all the credits at the beginning. Oh, just to like a <laughs> middle finger to George. Mm. <laughs> Like, like there's certain things that are part of the Star Wars formula. I think that it, it's it's hardwired. It's it's basic building block of Star Wars that you, I feel like you can't change. But I also acknowledge that maybe that's, maybe I'm I'm being too precious and nostalgic about it. But these are questions they they need to answer, and I don't know that they have. I don't know that they get a mulligan. Like I feel like if you get it wrong. You've like you're 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 kind of in trouble, especially on the big screen. You were gonna say you're dead to me. No, no, no. I wasn't gonna say you're dead to me. Mm. Um, but a lot of people. But yeah, take you, it. you you can imagine like if, if if they say, listen, it's gonna be fresh and exciting, so we're gonna get uh, Michael Giacchino to write a brand new Star Wars opening theme. He's gonna be our guy for this trilogy, and he writes a, a new opening theme. It sounds completely different from what we know, and but. This is only revealed opening night. 
and it's like whoa okay this this feels weird and instead of an opening crawl you get uh a voiceover to kind of keep us up to speed oh that's okay you know but it, for sure people are gonna go ah, i'm out that's not star wars you broke you broke the star wars code and I, I don't know where they draw these lines you know some people say ah oh, they're piggybacking off the old stuff or and people say oh, they're they're or they've deviated they've gone too far it's this is this does not feel like star wars anymore it's a tightrope walk man how, how many tropes did did george lucas borrow from to make this universe cajillions <laughs> uh, okay. well so, you know a little bit of a uh, little bit of levity and uh, logic, you know. But he it's put together a, such a, like a, a a melange of stuff that it's now Star Wars is a, is a genre unto itself. Yeah, exactly. And it exactly like can you how how far to the left and right can you move of that now? Before again, it's like Stu's question asks: When does it stop feeling like Star Wars? Never. I feel I, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the like keeping the music. And a crawl is just an easier way to keep people involved. So if, if the story doesn't resonate, at least you didn't kick them out at the opening crawl. <laughs> let, let the story do the damage rather than throw them out in the first 30 seconds. That's it. Like it's created like I like what you just said, it's created its own genre by like amalgamating a whole bunch of different others. But this common thread throughout would be really nice because it is its own thing now, more or less. I'd be satisfied with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and that's it. Yeah, standing ovation. <laughs> well, no, no. They got to do more. But uh... it's that blue. That choice of blue is worth a standing ovation on its own. Okay, Corey. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> But it's, it's a very dicey question, and I know it's one that we're going to hit on multiple times as a as a fandom in the in the months and the couple years that follow. If if that was the through line, would you be okay with it? Uh, just a long time ago, and then yeah. completely different from there. Yeah, I guess ultimately it would depend on how how kick ass the rest of the movie was. Like if it was really good, I'd be like, ah, that's fine. But if it, you know, ultimately, yeah, but if it, okay. what if it, what if so it was let's in the not-so-distant had... future in a galaxy far, far away? <gasps> okay, what if, what if, <laughs> what if you get your crawl and uh, the title theme, but the movie's so-so, are you going to accept that more than... No, no title card and a kick-ass movie? I would rather kick-ass movie with a different intro different logo different everything if, if the uh, you know if, if the ensuing two hours are great i'll sacrifice those first three minutes okay no because you know there are some incels that would be like yeah no i'll give me give me the shitty movie with the <laughs> with the crawl We've because given that's up star wars no oh, yeah give it up enough with this 20th century fox fanfare no but i feel like i feel like I do feel like deep down that there are certain things that are that are just so integral and core to what Star Wars is that it's hard to move off of them. But like I said, it's is that the nostalgia in me coming out? 
Like if I ask a fan who is just coming to Star Wars right now, you know, if 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 the sequel trilogy was was their in to Star Wars, uh, how do they feel? They, they I I can't imagine that they'd be so attached already to these crawls and and opening themes that it, yeah, change it. I don't care. You know, and their their vote is worth the same as mine. Mm-hmm. You know, so. But you're a real Star Wars fan, Kyle. Don't you understand? No, Corey, I don't. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so, I mean, they have. There's lots of variables in play. There's lots of moving parts to this. And again, like I said, they they. I don't think they get many chances to get this right. Like, what if they? What if the Benioff and Weiss movies come and they do something drastically different and it flops? People just go, man, like that movie was okay, but I really missed the traditional opening. And then, yeah, that's that's what sucks about stars. Like they need to hit the mark every time because look at just how badly its reputation got hit. You know, when the back to back of you know the backlash on the Last Jedi. And then Solo not doing so well. Oh, the, the, the standards to which people hold this franchise is absurd. It's absurd. What like people who complain that the, that all of Star Wars is destroyed because of the Last Jedi? Well, if you're gonna let a whole you know, forty year story come undone because you didn't like one chapter, that ruins everything because you didn't like one chapter. No, 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 no. It doesn't quite work that way. I mean, if it did for you, that's that's great. But don't don't try and speak in broad strokes for everybody. But yeah, like again, so like let's say Benioff and Weiss, they they break away from it all. It doesn't do so hot. People complain. Oh, I I really missed that. It didn't feel right. Uh, and then what do they do next? Do they just keep forging ahead and say? stick to the plan people will come around or do, do they retreat and, and for this trilogy we're putting the type main title back in and now can you do that at that point it feels like if you break away and it doesn't work you've done yourself in if if the if their movie making is is that bad to allow fickle fans the opportunity to walk away, then they deserve it. And then there shouldn't be any more Star Wars movies. This is also and, true. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't want to be the philosopher here, but I, I think at, at a certain point, there, there's, I don't think, so Stu, the answer is, I don't think there's one thing. I think it's going to be a combination of different things that bring up, uh, bring you to to the point where you decide that it's Star Wars or it's not. Like there's there's a last straw kind of thing. Uh, no, no, not. A, I think it's just like um, the rom com. Yeah. Come on. You know, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's it's the straw. It's the straw, and the you know how much can you take, and. You know, maybe they'll hit a home run like they did with Rogue One, or they're gonna make another complete cinematic failure like The Last Jedi. <laughs> and 
and and maybe that inconsistency is what pushes you away from it. Because I mean, we we are obsessed with this thing. I mean, it's Unhealthy. it is, yeah, yeah. It's definitely an obsession, and um, if it keeps giving you p- a pleasure, then you can call it a, 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 a an avid pastime. But if it's just giving you pain, you need to you need to walk away. Yeah, like I feel like so many people are are sticking around, like they're hate watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's not healthy at all. Like that's, that's walk become away. a thing. That has become a thing in the last what ten years? Hate watching. No, let's let's call it thirty since Dan Marino retired, because that that's <laughs> that's hate watching too. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Let's not talk about the Dolphins. Let's not do it. We want to kick. We we want to keep Rick involved for as long as possible. I uh, hope you're well, feeling better, Rick. Uh, I just think again, like with with the right talent, which they seem to be good at doing. There's a lot of possibilities with Star Wars. And again, they can make it feel like Star Wars. Like, uh, to me personally, I don't think the Mandalorian is stepping. It's not a uh, risque Star Wars venture. It's a little different. But at the same time, it's something we're already familiar with. And that underworld, you know, we've already got a sense of that in Star Wars. So I don't think it's 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 a very uh, easy first step out there. Yeah, and and I think the soundtrack is going to be a lot different. It's it's not going to be like a pure orchestral score. It's going to have some electronic music to it. It's going to that sound the score to that is going to be mm, a big step beyond what we're used to for Star Wars music. Well, they've tried that in the Clone Wars in season one. They definitely ventured out there in a few episodes where there was like actual, like there was a space battle, right? And like this dance music kind of came on. It was like, I was like, what is going on? And and that always kind of pulls me out. Like there was an episode in Rebels where uh, Zeb is just kicking back, listening to like straight up rock and roll. Like it's almost like he's listening to Aerosmith. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Turn that off. (laughs) Turn, turn that off. It's, it, that's, it's too much. It's, it's like, I'm listening to like Shome 97.7. Like, I don't want to hear that. But I, ultimately, it's like the, the easiest answer is when it no longer feels like Star Wars to you, you're done. But you know, again, it, it needs to be noted, I think, that uh, Disney as an entity exists to primarily uh, please their shareholders. And therefore, I think that that places them in a position where they will choose the path that leads to the uh, largest revenue and largest profit. Yeah, the golden egg. So, and, and again, they've just spent how much on uh, Galaxy's Edge? Two parks. I think there's another one opening in Europe or, or in Asia at some point. They spent a lot of money on this. And they they expect to own this brand for years. They need it to do well. So I, I feel like they're going to stick to a, a, a certain formula so as not to alienate people. And they're going to make Star Wars sort of an, an expected experience. Like when you come to, to the Star Wars table, you can expect certain things. The story can be different, but at least it's in a framework that you'll recognize. So I, I for that reason, I think opening crawls, 
uh, you know, a lot of the uh, the aesthetic of Star Wars will stick around for a long time. But yeah, again, taking it all back to the beginning. It's all a matter of your mileage may vary. You know, if if, if you don't get enough Jedi talk, maybe you t- maybe it loses your attention. I don't know. It's uh it's going to be interesting. The years to come will be very very interesting. Again, Disney spent so much money on this. They need it to make money. I feel like they're going to watch it pretty closely to make sure that the like the the Star Wars content going up on screens is uh, is faithful to what people expect from from Star Wars. So is that is that it? Have we gone around in circles enough there? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Stu, thanks, man. Always always great to get questions from Stu. And that is going to do it for this week, everybody. If you want to be part of the podcast. Uh, like Stu was this week, send your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com uh, or you can send us a DM, a DM on Twitter. Uh, and you can also help us out. Uh, we, you know, you can share this podcast with your friends, leave us a review, uh, and become a powerful friend on Patreon. Get some of that sweet, sweet, exclusive early access stuff. Uh, get our new podcast. We have we had Luminous Beings last week, Sith Disturbers the week before, another Luminous Beings this week. That's all coming for our patrons at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. If you enjoyed what we do and you, uh, you know, you got a couple extra bucks hanging around, we'd love to have you as part of the Powerful Friends family. So come check it out. And let's give a shout out to the newly married Rob Wade, the Admiral at Talk Star Wars and at Emotionally14.com. He endorses this episode of the podcast and lots of other episodes of other podcasts uh, as part of the E14 Endorse program, which you can learn more about at Emotionally14.com. And also, to be sure, check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Everybody's getting hyped for Rise of Skywalker and the Mando. Be sure to check in with our pals at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. That is our home base on the web. And you can also check us out on Apple Podcasts as a podcast provider. Just look up Star Wars Commonwealth and we'll be there. And with all that out of the way, guys, where can we find you on social media? Carlos? You can find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow my music page, Carlos Candido Music, on Facebook. And for everything else, go to carloscandidomusic.com. Over to you, Corey. Yeah. I just want to say a big thank you to Stu and thank you to everybody for listening. And again, a big congratulations to Bobby Wade. Congrats, bro. I'm really happy for you. And uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter at Chop Rules with a Z and join us in our closed Facebook group because yeah, it's, uh, it's always a lot of fun. A lot of cool cats. A lot of cool cats in there. Come check it out. Come join us in that group. Uh and yeah, that that's going to do it, everybody. So the next time you hear from us, if you're a powerful friend, you will definitely hear from us later this week with Luminous Beings number three. If we're lucky enough to get a trailer on October 14th, we'll probably release uh, a quick review of that as a separate episode, uh, a special one-off. Otherwise, we're back next week. We'll have Michelle and Marie back. We're going to talk about some of the publishing news coming out of the New York Comic Con. Uh, and then, of course, if, if again, if there's a trailer next week, we'll probably drop in with a, a special episode, a one-off, 
dealing with that. So lots of stuff coming. And again, if you want to support us, there's lots of ways to do it. But uh, we hope you enjoy what we do because we certainly enjoy doing it. So thanks for listening to episode 196. It is done. Take it easy, everybody. Have a great week. and We'll talk to you soon. draws me closer to your place willing me through my dreams fall away signs blindly to the lines on your face beating strong Drifting, and I relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it. to me sleeping soundly smiling not really this dream over and over
Why you running? Why you running away, darling? Please don't leave my heart broken and bleeding. Now you running? Are you running away?